And welcome to our maiden voyage of Mayor Tom Koch's first podcast, City View, on podcast. Wherever you get your podcast, you can get this, actually. This is an audio version of Mayor Koch's weekly address that we'll be doing now, uh, talking about the issues going on in Quincy, Massachusetts. And uh, my name is Mark Carey, and I'm happy to introduce Mayor Koch. Mayor, welcome. How you doing, Mark? I'm great. I'm great. Looking forward to uh, a really lively discussion and in, in, in entering the podcasting world. So uh, let's get right into it and let's talk about some of the new things that are happening in the city right now. And let's first start off with um, with the big announcement that just happened today, which we had an announcement this morning. We want you to talk about that. It was a really big announcement for the city of Quincy. So please. I know it was that big, <laughs> but... Uh... Yeah, well, we've talked about the reorganization of uh, some of our divisions within the city um, for some time, and we presented to the city council several months ago. And this past week, the city council finally approved, uh, in an eight-to-one vote, the establishment of a Department of Natural Resources. And within that Department of Natural Resources, there'd be five divisions, the Park Division, the Forestry Division, Cemetery Division, Recreation Division, and Conservation Division. So pulling together all those departments, which have great synergy and, and uh, this, this overlap in those departments. So uh, we did announce the commissioner uh, appointment of that department. That David was yesterday. Murphy. That right. was yesterday. That's right. That's correct. Right, right. Yeah. Uh, getting our dates straight here, Mark. <laughs> um, David uh, Murphy actually worked for me as assistant park director many years ago, went on to become uh, the town manager of Randolph for a number of years. Uh, has tremendous experience in municipal government uh, with uh, dealing with budgets, managing people, uh, lives in Quincy. His kids are all here involved in recreational programs, uh, married to a teacher. Um, just just a solid guy with a tremendous background and a proven leader that I think will take uh, the whole department that we're talking about to new heights. And let's talk about that. I mean, his his qualifications, really, I don't think you could find a more qualified person for this for this new position. No, absolutely. I mean, it, you know, he, he was with me for a number of years at the parks. Uh, he then worked under um, my predecessor, Mayor Bill Phelan, his director of operations. So he certainly knows the city budget inside and out, knows the players, knows the departments. And then he went on to Randolph, uh, first as executive secretary, and then they changed their form of government and became the town manager. So he ran the show day to day. Uh, for the town of Randolph, so uh, yeah, you couldn't you couldn't get that kind of training or education going to school. That's uh, it's real stuff. Uh, he made decisions every day. Uh, understands the uh, what we're in the business for in government. You know, delivering services. We're not in for profit. We're in to d- deliver services in the most efficient way we possibly can. Um, so he gets it, and uh, I uh, just look forward to working with him to. Uh, Make some real structural changes down there. We have uh, we also swore in Michelle Hanley. Uh, uh, she'll be answering to him as she'll be the rec director. She worked under Barry Welch for many years. Uh, uh, he's called the Mutt and Jeff this morning. You'd see them together <laughs> at everything, Barry and and, uh, and her. And we thank Barry for his 54 years of service. That's pretty incredible when you think about it. Um, so, you know, we're looking forward to that. Uh, at budget time, when we go before the city council, which happens every May, first Monday of May, we present the budget. Uh, we'll be also talking about a couple of new positions at that time. We're going to try to justify, um, and that would be to kind of bring this whole program together and an earth scientist type. So, uh, I mentioned the conservation division. We have a lot of marshland in Quincy, a lot of salt marshes. We have ponds, Butler's pond and sailor's pond and St. Moritz pond. Uh, we have a lot of creeks. There's, yeah. And, and, you know, we react to things in those areas, but there's nobody really being the steward, the advocate. Uh, for all of that, and uh, I think it was time. Uh, with the pressure of 
to see, uh, you know, rise levels affecting the stuff as well. Somebody really has to uh, pay attention to the uh, ecological value of these places. You know, obviously the public works deals with the tide gates and they get worried about flood control, but they're not in the business of worrying about, you know, what the birds are eating or what the fish are doing in there. Uh, I think it's time that we pay a little more attention to that. We've got hundreds of acres of marshland in Quincy. It's part of the open space beauty that we have here and they do serve a function in in nature and uh we want to make sure that uh, we're doing everything properly and maintaining them properly and you know just just the schedules of tide gates just the flushing of of salt water in and out is an important piece especially with these not so 100 year storms now too especially yeah that comes into play and 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 sometimes uh on the dpw side their job is to, to protect flooding but sometimes they overcompensate and perhaps the gates are closed too long, and a marsh is suffering. So it, it's good to have somebody that will be the steward uh, of these areas looking at them from their health, the health of the marsh, the health of the ponds. Uh, and uh, so that's a good thing. The other piece is, you know, we talk a lot about it in government over the years, is we're always behind on sidewalk and sidewalk repair and trees. Whether it's planting new trees or people wanting to get rid of a tree, uh, some of them are worthy to come down because they're dead, but there's others that people just don't like them, and it's it's a balance we try to strike but the point is we're always backlogged on tree stuff so uh the idea here is to bring a position on a tree warden slash arborist that their sole job will be to oversee our urban forest all those trees that uh that we have lined on our streets and our public parks and open spaces somebody would be paying attention to that and not only dealing with you know the calls we get on a regular basis to remove dead limbs or dead trees or cutbacks or trims but Somebody that can go out, look at every street, and do a layout and start on a regular basis doing annual tree plantings. Because we take probably three to 400 trees down a year, and when we haven't been planting as many to replenish that. Now, having said all that, and I'll let this person get into it at the right time, but uh, for a tree to survive in the urban setting is very difficult and challenging. Um, you know, if you look at old pictures of Quincy, every street was like a canopy of, of trees. And uh, what happened over time is with more and more technology, more wires coming in, more poles going in, they get cut off, they get trimmed. Uh, number one. Number two is uh, when we were kids, Mark, you remember when, when we were kids, you, you could, um, you know, what's what was the term? Skid hopping? Grab the bumper of a car and when it was <laughs> yeah, snow right. on the ground and you'd yeah, drive down the street. Well, those were the days when the that's side streets skied. all had snowpack on them. That's what skiing was in Quincy when we well, were kids, that's, yeah. That's true. <laughs> uh, but, you know, Today, every street has to be black after every storm. So the amount of salt that goes out on the roadways has an adverse effect on our infrastructure, but also on the trees and the lone borders because it, it you know, it's, uh, it, the salt is good to get rid of the ice, but it's bad for everything else. Mm. Um, so these going to have to try to strike that balance. Um, there may be areas we shouldn't be planting trees. Then there's areas we should be planting certain varieties of trees that could be withstand some of the urban pressures, pollution and so forth, compaction, all those things. So, you know, it, it was time, you know, in this day and age, the city our size with the beautiful natural resources we have, uh, I believe it's time we get, we, get, we get into this. This was tried once back in the 70s, and uh, Walter Hannon established it in 1974, but his successor didn't believe in it and did away with the department, so uh, went back to the way it was. So um, we're giving it another whirl, and I think that uh, the timing is perfect for it. That sounds great. So there, there was precedent for this in the past. Indeed, that's interesting. Yep. I didn't know that about about uh, Mayor Hannon. Um, so that's that's some really exciting stuff. And Dave is a great guy. We're really excited for that as well in Quincy. One of the the big announcement today uh, from Fox Rock um, 
it has a lot to do with the downtown, but really let's talk about the announcement first, and then we'll talk more about the downtown and the diff and what it means, because people still don't understand necessarily what it is. But it really is important to know the mm-hmm. details and the facts. So why don't we start with the first, the, the big announcement today? Well, you know, as we've been talking for some time about bringing commercial uh, and medical back to Quincy. Uh, a brief history, Quincy Hospital was there for decades and decades. It was a city-owned hospital. In 1999, it was spun off to a nonprofit private um, because the city was losing money every year. And um, most cities aren't in the hospital business anymore. So it was spun off in 1999, just till a few years ago when it went bankrupt. They were losing money every year. And then Stewart, um, which is a for-profit hospital operation, bought it. I could un- never understood that decision. If a nonprofit can't make a buck at it, I don't know how they were going to make a buck at it. However, they did not last. So we lost Quincy Medical Center. Now, it closed at a certain date, but it was slowly closing over the decades when you look really look at it. They stopped uh, delivering babies up there years ago. They stopped different um, types of surgery up there. And so gradually over time, and I, I don't want to get flipped, but it be, almost became a glorified nursing home. Uh, the elderly would get, it was a great place for the elderly for they had a fall, um, pneumonia, and things like that. And I, and I don't want to... Um, ridicule the hospital at all, but but was so close to Boston that people were making choices to go into Boston. You know, you got the great teaching hospitals, and we're not far away. And mm-hmm. um, so, you know, Quincy was eighty eighty five percent Medicare Medicaid, which pays sixty three cents on the dollar by the government. So they they didn't have the margins; they couldn't make it. So the hospital closed. We're all disappointed. I was born there. My siblings were all born there. My family, a number of family members, we all get services there over the years. So. We know that we're not going to be able to open an acute care hospital today in Quincy. There's nobody's going to do that. There's people that hope uh, we get a hospital back someday. I'd love to have a hospital, but the reality is there's not a hospital coming here. Having said that, there's a great vacuum now for hospital services, medical services, and um, you know, uh, day surgeries and, and some of those things that aren't quite uh, necessary to have an acute care hospital for. And so we've been working hard with Fox Rock to bring an entity or entities back to Quincy and, um, you know, to have the announcement of uh, Brigham Women's South Shore uh, Hospital to be part of the future of the city is huge. It's huge. And we're looking at a 200,000 square foot building, which is a very large building. That's uh, a really big deal. And yeah. it's, it is a big deal. So this will be the really the anchor for the new commercial district. Um, so the, there's the hospital piece, um, and there's also a hotel. That'll be part of that uh, construction, and there'll also be a uh, apartments uh, workforce housing. So we're looking at about four hundred and fifty thousand square feet of uh, commercial and residential on what was uh, the Ross area parking way uh, over in the Bergen Parkway. Some of those folks that may, may remember going—I bet you remember going to Chevy's, Mark. Uh, I, I, I was a, <laughs> I was a DJ at Chevy's. Oh, there you are, all right, <laughs> I, was, I was a kid, but yeah, I was. Yeah. All those uh, all those red railings throughout the whole place, and uh, it was a crazy, crazy place for a while. So that site that was once um, Chevy's will be all redeveloped, and uh, we're going to have some first class office space, some great paying jobs, uh, services that the people city could use, uh, medically related. Uh, it's it's a great day. It's a big day for the city, of Quincy. Because it moves the downtown forward, but it's also dealing with a um, an issue that has been unsettling for a lot of people, and that is the lack of the medical services that we need for the residents of the city. So um, I am so grateful to Rob Hale and his team at Fox Rock, uh, the team from Brigham Women's, the team from South Shore, 
um, coming together to pull us together. And we we got a lot of work to do yet. We still have to go to the city council with a formal agreement. The city council will have to vote on. Uh, but this is huge. This isn't speculation. This isn't what might happen. This is real. And uh, and that's huge. And I'm just so excited about it. One of the things you even mentioned, too, is we're, it's it's that anchor in this downtown project, which is massive and have been, you've always talked about that, having an anchor. And this is really the kind of anchor you'd want there, right? Yes. It, it, we talked about mixed use from day one. So we knew that, um, you know, we'd get residential because we're on the red line and, and, you know, the real estate market is very hot in Quincy for housing. So the residentials happened, you know, west of Chestnut, the Econo building's underway, the LBC building's underway. Um, but the commercial piece has always been the most challenging piece. The last commercial building built in the downtown was more than 40 years ago, the Stop and Shop headquarters building. So it's been a long time since we've seen major investment commercial-wise for a new building, a new entity in the downtown. So this is a very big deal uh, for the city because it also affects our tax structure, it affects uh, finances all in a positive way because uh, the residential is good because now you've got in the downtown a brand-new neighborhood, really. So you bring in um, hundreds of residents in, which now feed the restaurants, feed the retail, and uh, you know, you'll see more and more retail operations pop as the residential grows. So, But it's, it's important to have the balance and have the mix, and commercial is huge. It brings jobs. Uh, you talk about a medical place. You're talking doctors and nurses and technicians they all have disposable income. So, you know, they'll be using the restaurants and, and spending money in the downtown. Uh, and perhaps many of them will choose to live in Quincy mm. to get closer to their workplace. So, um, no, this is this is a very big deal. It's a huge piece of the puzzle for the downtown. Uh, and I'm very, very excited about it. Some of the things that, speaking of the downtown, we've, we, we hear this a lot for the layman out there who doesn't understand when people talk about, this is going to cost me in my property tax, and, and then they hear the word diff, and no one knows, what does diff mean? Talk about, talk, yeah, let's talk about the diff and how that It's probably important in. to go over a few of these items, Mark. Yeah. Um, first of all, when we, when we took office, um, we weren't the first administration to try to do something about the downtown. When the, when the malls hit, started being built in the 60s, uh, Social Plaza came about and continued to grow. And as that grew, uh, the demise of Main Street, not only in Quincy, but all across the country happened. Uh, Main Street, um, you know, fell apart because of the plaza. Well, then the malls got so big, uh, people just said, you know, that's, they have to go there. Now they don't want to go there. Main Street is back. People like the the outdoor. They like the Main Street atmosphere. They like to pop in, pop out. They don't want to have to spend uh, two hours to get to the little shop inside the mall by the time they park and find the store. So um, th- if things have changed. So having said that, um, we've got the seeds. We planted the seeds with the redevelopment district. So urban redevelopment district, which had to be approved by the state, city council. We've, we've amended it uh, three or four times. We're going to amend it again, which outlines the district itself. And then within that, you have what's called district improvement financing, which is DIF. So what, what's allowed under the law is for us to capture the district, to capture the new growth uh, and the new values coming out of that downtown in property taxes. So, for example, uh, new growth doesn't mean necessarily you have a new building, but because of the increase in the market, the values, we get new growth out of it because the values have gone up. So we take that new growth and we pledge it back into that district. So I, I guess to put it most simply is, look, the downtown is old Everything down there had to be replaced. Now, I'm not talking about the private buildings. Those are old, too. But I'm talking about the streets, the sidewalks, the lights, the water, the sewer, the drainage. Uh, all of those things, the parking garage, they were all city-built. 
So they're all assets of the taxpayer. They're also liabilities for the taxpayer. So going forward, I had said from day one, the downtown is going to pay for itself. As we build the downtown out with all the infrastructure improvements, whether it's federal or state grants helping us, augmenting with what we do at the DIF, it's going to be used with DIF money. So, you know, when I when I saw the ledger story about, you know, taxpayers penning, paying $10 million, when you read the story, it explains, no, it's not the residential taxpayer. It's coming out of the district. So the businesses and the investors and developers, the owners of the buildings down there, they're the ones paying now the freight to make the improvements for the downtown. So what was a liability to the average taxpayer has been removed. These assets that they own are now going to have great value because they're all going to be updated. So you lose that liability. So it's not coming out of the average residential taxpayer. So the new growth, the added growth in the downtown through the new values and the new buildings is pledged and pays down the debt when we make these investments. And it's important to remind people of that. I also want to acknowledge, you know, Mm. uh, Congressman Lynch, Governor Baker, they've been huge in helping us get federal and state money. And I remember an old timer saying to me, you know, well, that's still tax money. That's my tax money. I I think I was there. I was there when that happened. Well, it's, it's, that's true, but you want it to go to Worcester or Springfield? We're going to fight and bring as much of it back here as we possibly can. That's my job. Um, So they've been tremendous partners in, in making this happen. We've, you know, we built the Hannon Parkway. We moved the to town brook. The new Hancock uh, parking garage is under construction. We'll be open in September. 720 parking spaces. Right. Uh, replacing the old surface lot, which was a dump. It was a bad, bad shape. It was. So, you know, the Ross side is in bad, bad shape. So we, we've got some work to do over there. So the next stop at the council will be a request for a land disposition agreement with Fox Rock about the what we just described as the medical facility and the hotel uh, but also there's going to be new roads built over there, new water lines, new soil lines, new drain lines, trees, sidewalks, etc. So we'll be coming in looking for the next phase of the DIF spending, district mm-hmm. improvement finance and spending, which is, again gets uh, bonded and then the debt gets paid for by this new development that we're doing. So it's a win-win for the taxpayer, Quincy. And by the way, we're going to have a downtown that people can be proud of. Right. I've heard from a lot of people. They love the Hancock Adams Common. They, they love the restaurants, whether it's Fuji or Fat Cat or 16C or the Fours or Albers mm. or Idolau. I mean, there's so many choices down there now for people. Uh, they're thoroughly enjoying it. So we've made a lot of progress. Um, a gentleman, I won't name his name, put, put the name out there, but he, he's an old timer, a good man. And he, he grabbed me last year and said, Tommy, I get it now. Because he's seeing it happen. It's yeah. tough to, for people to envision or to grasp something that they don't see. But now with the buildings going up, the changes being made, uh, it's a visual sign of the uh, transformation, if you will, uh, of the renaissance of Quincy Center. It's long overdue. And, and beginning with Hancock Adams Common, too, that's, that people, I think, when they first saw that, I mean, they just, it just looks like a different world. They can't go back to the 70s to Jason's and Remix and Milton's and all those places yeah. when they were there. So moving forward was the only way to go, and in a way that's so beautiful, right? It is. And, and it's, it's also a reminder. Uh, I remember when uh, Streetworks, who was our master planner, master developer way back when, that we had to cut ties with. Uh, but they, they were helpful in, in reaching, helping us to reach our vision. And I remember them saying how so many communities across this country, they have to kind of fabricate something. They have to make something up to make it attractive. Well, we have all the real stuff. You get the real history. You get two presidents and their wives buried in the crypts of the Stone Temple. 
you got the Richardson Library, the Cardington Building, the iconic City Hall, the 1400 Bank Building, which is a it's an Art Deco a marvel. You go in and see the lobby of that bank. I mean, the Adams Academy is, you won't see another building around like that. So we, we got all these historical assets, these architectural gems, and the amazing culture opportunities, cultural opportunities that we have in this great city. It's, uh, it's remarkable. So the Hancock Adams Common, to me, brings it all together. Uh, as somebody said to me, it looks like it's always been there. It's timeless. And, and that's what we, that we, that's what was the objective, you know? Um, so with all the work that's been done to City Hall, bringing it back to its grandeur, uh, we've spent uh, through a lot of state grants, a lot of money refurbishing the public burial ground, which goes back to 1640. Right. And through the community preservation monies, the improvements we've made to the crypts and the mm. stone temple and the elevators now in and, and uh, the, the uh, area where the crypts would, for those of you who've been there, obviously if you haven't, we'd like you to go. But it was, it was kind of a dank, damp basement walking down these dangerous set of stairs, walking through this area to get to the crypt. So all of that's been upgraded, made more friendly, uh, certainly more aesthetically pleasing. Um, so this park kind of brings all that together so beautifully. And uh, and I know you know that because you've been involved in, in the program we'll be doing with the with the tourist guides and so forth. So um, it's, it's, it's awesome, it really is awesome. Well, Mayor, with, with the few minutes that we have left, just to talk a little bit more about that and how where the city's going. What we did a few weeks ago and talked about the census coming out next year. Um, was it next year? 2020, 2020. Federal Census nationwide, yep. And, and how that helps to really get that in order and get that right. They're being mailed out by the United States Census Bureau, correct? They will be. Uh, it's, it's a 2020 count. So what, what we're doing now is the prep work for it, alerting people out there, uh, no matter what your background, no matter what your status, fill out the census form because it matters. Um, yeah, it what matters. Does that mean well, for, it's, for example, if, um, you know, as, as mayor of the city, once you cross the threshold of a hundred thousand people, it opens up a whole new area of grant opportunities and federal money. Um, obviously, um, as part of the job of mayor and CEO, you want to, bring as much of that back to the community as we possibly can. Because we, you know, whether it's new schools, whether it's seawalls, whether it's roads, uh, whether it's pipes or drain, um, tide gates, all of those things are old in the city. And we're going to continue to invest money in those. So it's important that people get uh, get counted. It matters for that. But it also matters for our legislation, uh, I'm sorry, our legislative delegation. Because the once the count is done nationally, then everything is redistricted. I mean, every state under the Constitution has two U.S. senators. That that was put in by a founding fathers to protect every state because the, the more popular states would have more power. Well, the House of Representatives is based on population. So it's our hope that we don't lose a congressman in Massachusetts. So the more people that pay attention to this, we get everybody counted, the less chance of that would be happening. But if we don't do a good job in getting everybody counted, there's a chance you could lose a congressional seat, which is huge when you when you talk about yeah, that would be uh, issues in D.C. and when you allocate programs and money, it matters. Mm. You know, so, so that's important um, for all the right reasons. Um, you know, so we encourage people to pay attention to that. Mayor Koch, thank you very much. This is an effort. Uh, this this is your first podcast that we're going to be doing weekly to let the folks know weekly, huh? And well, we hope so. <laughs> we're going to hope to do it weekly, okay. uh, or right. you can send us out to talk to somebody else that works for you. Maybe this is a podcast. It's a, it, it's in an effort to communicate more to the Quincy residents and, you know, podcasting is the fastest growing media uh, in the world now. And, you know, I think Kim, uh, Mayor, um, Kim Driscoll, Kim Driscoll, uh, Kim Driscoll has been doing it up there. And I think you're the only other one. And and I I think just podcasting and the videos that you do and, 
you know, the QA TV stuff. I mean, you have to do it in a lot of different ways now. So I think, sure. and, and our social media has become very, very active, both good and bad. But for the most part, this is a way you can directly get your message out. And we hope to do this much more in the future. Well, I also encourage people, look, if you have an issue, whatever it may be, city-related or otherwise, call our office, 617-376-1990. We'll, we'll help you as best we can. We'll provide um, the right direction for you. If it's a direct city issue, we can manage it and handle it for you. But if it's something you have a question with, we can help you get that answer as well. So I, 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 I know this social media stuff has been awesome and great and all, but um, you know we still have a physical office here. We still have people here. Uh, we'd like to hear from you directly rather than posting something. And um, it's uh, much easier if you just reach out to us. And as a member of your staff and uh, in Caroline is also sitting here with us in, in your office, we've been told by you one of the first things I think when I, we first came in here is when we pick up the phone and answer it, treat that person like they're a member of your family. And that's what we've always taken pretty Yeah, much. that's why you remind my departments too, yeah. whether, you're, whether you're, you know, down at the tax collector's office, which is not an easy place to be because we don't like <laughs> to pay taxes. But to remember that, to treat everyone with respect and dignity like it's their parent or their sister or brother, uh, family member. Uh, that's important. We in government um, serve the people, and uh, I love what I do. I'm very blessed and fortunate to serve as a great mayor. I'm sorry, the mayor of this great city, I should say, with the great history we have here. Um, it's a great, great honor, and uh, but I don't lose sight of the fact that we're here to serve the people. Once again, 617-376-1990. Mayor Koch, thank you very much for you, uh, being here on our maiden voyage of his uh, of the City View, the Mayor mayor Koch's uh, podcast that we'll be putting out as frequently as possible we say weekly we hope it's going to be weekly but we want to do it in more to communicate with you so thank you very much for listening and we'll see you next time or we'll hear you next time or whatever we do on our podcast